1: Big bank, small bank, I like to make money,
2: all right? That is the ultimate kibosh. You wanna bet? <laughs> <laughs> and we are under.
0: Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another NFL Fantasy Flex episode of the award-winning Action Network podcast presented by BetMGM, the official odds provider of the show. I'm Matthew Freeman, the editor-in-chief of Fantasy Labs, and here with me are Sean Corner and Chris Ravon. Sean is the Action Network Director of Predictive Analytics, and Chris is a senior editor and analyst at the Action Network. They are two of the best fantasy football rankers in the world. Week 16, Championship Money Week. We have a lot to get to. In this episode, we're highlighting the players at the top of our rankings in the Fantasy Tool at Action Network. We're discussing the guys we're high and low on and looking at how they do in our Fantasy Labs models, and we are speculating on some player props. A couple of notes before I kick it to the guys. The NBA season is here, so we are adjusting the podcast schedule. This week, we have an NBA betting show for the Christmas Day slate. We will also have weekly NBA episodes starting in January, and for college football fans, Stucky and Colin are in the middle of their annual five-part preview of every bowl game, literally every game, all the way to the national championship. And of course, we will continue with the fantasy flex every week to the Super Bowl. Also, I would be remiss if I did not remind you that we have just a couple more weeks left of the Action Network Podcast Tournament of Champions. Presented by BetMGM. It is a free tournament on Yahoo for our listeners. You can join by clicking the link in the show description each week. The top 10 finishers get over $1,000 in action network prizes. And the top five advance to the wildcard weekend grand finale, where the winner will get a grand prize Las Vegas trip for two valued at $5,000. Courtesy of BetMGM. Again, listeners can join for free every week. Click on the link in the episode description to join. All right, fellas. Let's, uh, let's get to the quarterback rankings that everyone can access. And by everyone, I mean our loyal subscribers can access at Action Network and our fantasy tool. And the quarterbacks at the top of our rankings should be no surprise, Patrick Mahomes, number one. But now, Jalen Hurts at number two and Josh Allen at number three. And Before I kick it to you guys, I'm going to step in and be the first one to go Because I have Jalen Hurts number one. I had him number two last week. I have him number one this week. And on the one hand, it's ridiculous. On the other hand, he's had 45% of the team's carries in his two starts. He had over 100 yards rushing two weeks ago, had 300 yards and three touchdowns passing last week. And as I said last week on the show, he is very much like 2018 Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen and what those guys did at the end of their rookie seasons, where Josh Allen was actually the number one fantasy quarterback when he returned from injury and started the final six games of the season, not to say that hurts is going to have uh, that, that kind of streak for what he does over the, the end of the season. But I mean, going against Dallas, I mean, this, this is a good spot and we've seen, he has now the, the high rushing floor, and the high ceiling that can come with the rushing floor and competent passing on top of it. So going against the bad Cowboys defense, I am very enthusiastic about Jalen Hurts, number one overall. Sean, I'm kicking it to you.
2: Yeah, I'm going to test your Jalen Hurts number one overall in our QB prop section this week. But, you know, I think we should all take a victory lap. Um, on Fancy Pros, you know, Raybon and I were in the top five, Rankers uh, in terms of boldness on Jalen Hurts, but Freeman was number one. You had him number two last week, so uh, special kudos to you. Uh, but it, it's really hard for us to outrank you, especially when you have him number one this week. So uh, I think we could all take a victory lap there. And, you know, it's ridiculous. DK only has him 7K this week, so I don't know how you don't plan. Um, last week, uh, I went with Naked Hurts, which was the right call because – you know, he threw two touchdowns to Greg Ward Jr. and one to Quez Watkins. So good luck trying to figure out who to stack him with going forward. I think Jalen Rager might be out this week, so that might help narrow the target tree just a little bit. Um, but anyways, yeah, so the, the other QB I'm high on is Matt Ryan at uh, K this week on DK. Um, this, this is all pending if Julio actually returns this week, which – I think he might he's he's certainly pushing to uh, but this could definitely be a pass heavy game script against the Chiefs um, and you know Edo Smith has been declared the lead back so you know I think Edo Smith's main strength main strength is a pass catching back I think the Falcons might just abandon the run these past couple games and just air it out to Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley so I'm I'm interested in some Matt Ryan this week on in, in, on DK where I think he'll be Underowned owned and certainly in season-long leagues, you know, his QB 14. He's on that fringe of a streamable QB 1 if, if he happens to be available in your league. So I, I'm pretty high on Matt Ryan this week, only if Julio Jones uh, returns, of course.
0: Yeah, a, a look in the Fantasy Labs models uh, and, you know, under the assumption that Julio Jones is playing this week, Ryan is is popping in literally every single one of the models that we have there, especially on DraftKings, where he, uh, he is fairly cheap. So something to keep an eye on, Raybon. Who do you like a quarterback? Yeah, I'm with you. I got Jalen Hurts number one. I mean, it's uh,
1: there's nothing more to be said, but like, I, I think he's better than like – at least in fantasy, because Lamar Jackson that, that year, he didn't really throw the football. Like Jalen Hurts has already put up a 338-yard uh, passing ceiling. Remember, Josh Allen, I think in his first two years in the league, he had like one 300-yard game or something like that. So uh, this is impressive, especially, especially considering that you looked at what Carson Wentz did, and, and he just couldn't get it done – you know, a, a guy that's played at an MVP level before. So um, yeah, I, I think there's really no quarterback. I mean, you know, Patrick Mahomes and and, and Hurts are kind of neck and neck in my model. So, you know, that's really the only quarterback that I would say, okay, bench Jalen Hurts for you're straight up, you know, because it, it's it's it, we're at that point in the season where rushing productions is that valuable. I think Baker Mayfield going against the New York Jets. Uh I liked what I saw out of the game plan from the Browns last week with you know, going against the Giants, you know, they, they knew they had an advantage with uh, James Bradbury out and, and the Giants secondary, actually a little bit weaker um, than, than the norm. And instead of just trying to smash it with with Chubb and, and Hunt all day, they actually threw the football. And I think Mayfield ended, ended up with only like five incompletions. So he's hot right now. Uh, it's a letdown spot for the Jets. So uh, like B- Baker Mayfield at, at 6,100.
0: All right. I want to take just a second to have a a theoretical conversation here because there are so few people in the world who have both Patrick Mahomes and Jalen Hurts on on a team where they have to make a decision, like maybe in a best ball scenario or something like that, you might have them, but very few people in week 16 have those two quarterbacks and actually need to make a sit start decision with the championship on the line. I'll be honest. If it's a normal week, Maybe I'm, I'm going like, yeah, sure. I, I do have Jalen Hurts number one, but championship week, like do you actually go with the rookie? Because there's a difference between having him ranked number one right. and actually putting him in over Patrick Mahomes with a championship on the line. Like Bon, what what do you do in this situation? Because I have Hurts ranked number one. I would probably still have to go with Mahomes.
1: Uh, I mean, right now I'd go with Hurts because you got to trust the model.
0: I mean, That's you always rank the four, right? Like, I mean, no, yeah. like, I get it. I mean, I mean, we're we're right. saying,
1: but they're point 0.4 points apart. Now, you know, as I update some some things, you know, it's Tuesday morning as we're recording this, uh, and, and you know, the final projection, ho- Mahomes may end up ahead. In which case, I would say Mahomes. I think Mahomes is more comfortable. Yes, but I mean, we're talking about the Dallas Cowboys defense here. Like, they gave up like you know, 80 points to San Francisco in the last two minutes of the game. Like, you know, this is like, like, you know what I mean? Like, this is, it's not like a worrisome matchup, whereas like the Falcons, they they play better on defense. So it's it's kind of like a...
0: Okay, they have played better on defense, but they're still the Falcons. They're still not very good. They could be out uh, two starting uh, defensive backs. uh, And Mahomes is at home with a slate high implied total. You know, like... I don't know, Sean. Where where are you on this Mahomes well, that, versus versus? Yeah, that's, Hertz.
2: So that's my QB prop question. I could just pose it right now, but the the way I wanted to phrase it is kind of what you said, Freeman. It's it's one thing to just rank them and our models and whatnot, and it's one thing, you know, if I'm making a personal decision, I'm more than willing to take on risk. But it's different when somebody on Twitter asks you a question. You know, what do I do? So imagine somebody asks you, you know, Raybon or Freeman. You know, I'm in a championship matchup. Uh, First place is $10,000. Second place gets nothing. Um, And I have Jalen Hurts on my bench and I have Patrick Mahomes in the starting slot. What do I do? Uh, I mean, that's a realistic situation. And in that situation, I think the only guy I would say to start over Hurts would be Patrick Mahomes. I think, you know, when it comes to a guy like Kyler Murray, uh, we're, we're talking it's a coin flip. Um, and I think both will be, I I think in the end, everybody's going to have a great week. It probably won't matter, but I think that when it comes to Mahomes versus Ertz, I'm still going with Mahomes. There's still, you know, Hertz still does have a wide range of outcomes. Mahomes, you mentioned it, you know, this matchup against the Falcons is uh, near perfect for him. So I think I'll still roll with Mahomes, but I'm starting Hertz over everybody else.
0: Yeah, I I think that's where I am. And part of it is, you know, we have a two game sample of of Jalen Hurts, even though he's looked great. And I I do believe that he has a very solid floor because of his rushing ability, just based on the sample of of the two different quarterbacks, like we know what Mahomes is. He's never been anything worse than a fantasy QB two in, in any start of his career. You know, I, I just feel like I would have to go with Mahomes, especially given the matchup. But, Sean, I'm, I'm right there with you. There's there's no one else, really no one else, with a ton of money on the line that I would put in above Hurts. And
2: uh, I'm not going to lie. When, when the Eagles were down 10 or 14 points, I was about to text you guys and ask, should we be worried, you know, is, is Carson Wentz going to come in now? Because it's such a trailing game script. But they left him in there, and he has proven, uh, you know, that he's uh, game script proof so i think he cleared that hurdle where we can certainly say he has a much higher floor going into this game as opposed to last week because we've seen him stay in in a negative game script and he thrived in that so i i agree i think he does have one of the highest floors on the entire slate just uh just it's it's hard to bench uh mahomes for him
1: yeah i have mahomes and hurts and then there's a a two and a half point gap between them and every other quarterback. So, I mean, this is a great question for people that I think have, you know, Kyla Murray, Aaron Rodgers, Josh Allen, like Deshaun Watson, like all those guys, you know, on paper, Josh Allen, I mean, Lamar Jackson, it looks like a, it looks like a question like, okay, you know, Jalen hurts, you know, he's got two games under his belt. What should I do? But uh, yeah i have a two and a half at least a two and a half point gap between just the the, the top two and every other quarterback so like for for example between hertz and, and and a guy like lamar it's it's more like five
0: points so you know that just to put that in perspective all right Raymond who is a quarterback you were low on this week so for me
1: it's gonna be russell wilson um you know he's that you know we one of the guys that you know started the year hot. And now now I'm looking at my rankings and he's down in ninth place after pretty much every other running quarterback Um, going against the Rams. I know that they kind of played really poorly against Sam Darnold last week, but uh, this is still one of the best pass defenses in the league. The the Seahawks clearly are in a spot where they're kind of recommitted to, to running the ball and that let Russ cook philosophy from earlier on. We're not seeing that anymore. And on top of that, if you just look back at the, last few meetings between the Rams and the Seahawks. The Rams have had the Seahawks number on both sides of the ball in the last matchup. They held them well under 20 points, uh, you know, this season. So Russell Wilson's my QB number nine this week.
0: Yeah, Raymond, I totally agree. He's, he's the guy that I would go with to there. Uh, I mean, the Rams have held quarterbacks to a league low 13.2 fantasy points and Uh, I think a lot of that passing offense at this point revolves around DK Metcalf and Jalen Ramsey is one of the few cornerbacks who I think has the size and also the athleticism actually to challenge DK Metcalf. Uh, You know, we've seen him have success against him before. So uh, if Metcalf is held in check. Uh, I I really do think that the passing offense will struggle for the Seahawks, or at least won't have the ceiling that it has had previously. So I'm with you there on Russell Wilson. I have him as a low end QB1. Sean, who are you going against this week?
2: I, I'm going against Lamar on DK this week. He's 8K, which you know is way too expensive, just considering how many uh, good dual threat quarterbacks there are. Like I said, uh, you know Jalen Hurts is uh 7k so there's absolutely no reason to spend up thousand dollars to get lamar jackson um you know he opens up this week as my qb7 which you know honestly doesn't matter it's really just a massive uh you know qb1 tier at the top of all seven quarterbacks are pretty interchangeable but again you know this is a matchup at home against the giants you know if colt mccoy starts i don't know if lamar jackson is gonna to have to do much and last week, we really saw a 2020 version of a ceiling game of Lamar Jackson. You know, he threw for 230 yards and three touchdowns, um, also ran in for a score. Last year, that would be more typical, but this year, that does feel more of a ceiling game. So, you know, I expect him to be under 200 passing this week, maybe a couple touchdowns. And we'll still, still see the rushing per. Uh, production, but he just has a lower ceiling this this year. So I don't I don't think he's you know warranted the eight K price tag on DK. Um and you know you might as well pick um you know one of these Josh Allen, Kyler Murray, uh Jalen Hurts type. So I'll be fading uh Lamar Jackson on DK this week.
0: All right, so Sean, you already gave us the quarterback prop. Everyone, be sure to check out the Fantasy Labs player prop tool where the props with a bet quality of 10 have a 60% win rate over the past two years. And when player props are posted, you can bet them at MGM. Let's look at the running backs at the top of our rankings. I'm going to be looking at uh, half PPR specifically. Uh, we have Alvin Kamara, number one, Dalvin cook, number two, Derek Henry, number three. Uh, I don't think a big surprise there, although, you know, you potentially could make a case for Austin Eckler or, you know, maybe Aaron Jones, someone sliding into the top three, but uh, I think those top three feel pretty consensus-y, Sean. Uh, who is a running back or a couple of backs that you are high on for this week? Uh, I'm super
2: high on Jeff Wilson right now. Uh, it, it sounds like Raheem Osert is going to be out. Um, and Jeff Wilson himself is banged up, so we can, we need to monitor that. But he could end up being the closest thing to a workhorse back we've seen um, in this 49ers offense. Uh, obviously, you know he's going to dominate the, the early down work, certainly the goal line carries as they arise but he also you know was the the lead uh receiving back you know he saw 43 percent routes run so uh you know anytime you can get the workhorse back on the 49ers you take it so I'll be all over Jeffrey Wilson he's 5k on DK he's an easy play there and you know I, I think he's a solid RB2 at least um in season long league so he'll he'll be in any um you know championship lineups uh where I have him uh, a great matchup against the Cardinals as well and then David Johnson as well uh, great matchup this week at home against the Bengals they, they should be able to run a lot more than they're used to Duke Johnson's still banged up it's it's unclear if he'll be able to suit up this week but you know we saw David Johnson finally thrive as a pass catching back for the Texans um, he ran around on 76 percent of the dropbacks and sure enough he saw 11 targets uh, caught 11 balls for 106 yards so he's I mean, uh, I need to update a few things, but he, he's going to be a low-end RB1 uh, this week uh, if if Duke Johnson is out. So um, be sure to start him anywhere you have him this week.
0: Sean, uh, totally with you there on Jeff Wilson. Uh, I'm assuming that Raheem Mostert is out, and so I have him ranked – as a high-end RB2, so I think very much in line with where you are. He's been very productive when given the opportunities, and I think, as you said, highly likely to be the lead back, both in running and receiving, uh, if Mostert is out. And also, uh, I'm pretty high on Tony Pollard again, as- assuming Zeke is out. Was super productive last week, and uh, I mean, honestly, like, I-, I mean, I don't want to uh, cast aspersions at Ezekiel Elliott, but uh, I feel like Tony Pollard looks like the better player right now. And maybe some of that is because Zeke is injured, whatever it is. But, you know, Pollard is younger, more explosive, probably a better receiving back. Uh If Zeke is out, I feel like Pollard is a, a top five running back this week. Rayvon, who are you high on?
1: Well, uh you know, this guy may not get talked about just yet because uh, in the Monday night game, we're recording about 12 hours after it. But uh Giovanni Bernard, 25 of the 31 carries – for the Cincinnati Bengals, uh, 26 of the 32 backfield touches for the Cincinnati Bengals against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now they're going against a Houston Texans defense that's allowed 5.4 yards per carry to opposing running backs. No other team in the NFL has allowed more than five. The Houston Texans are allowing a half yard more per carry to backs than any other team in the league, and Bernard reclaimed – Uh, you know, that number one role, you know, 25 carries, that's a season high for him. So I think you can trust Bernard uh, and there's some, there's some real upside there, even if he doesn't get that full workload, just because of the efficiency that the Texans are allowing. And then um, in DFS, I think David Montgomery is correctly priced. He's, you know, 7,700, which may seem high, but you know, in, there's there's no more decisions. If if you're in like a season long week or something like that, like I have Montgomery ranked number three, uh, this week. So uh, Dave Montgomery, make sure you start him.
0: All right. And Raymond, who are you low on? Uh,
1: so for this week, I'm going to be, and I seem to be just a tad low on him every week. Unfortunately that I should have not taken his, you know, uh, Sean, I've never, I know you're with me. We, we got burned on the Nick Chubb prop on uh, on Sunday night football, but uh, Nick Chubb going against the jets. And it kind of goes into to what I said about Baker Mayfield, but the Browns have shown the willingness uh, I think to kind of, play the matchups a little more here and the jets we know are one of the better run defenses in the week, uh, but the worst pass defense in the week. And so uh, I think Chubb, you know, he's going to get his carries. He'll be involved. He could even get a touchdown, but uh, he's a bit overpriced at 7,800. Uh, you know, I think he's more, you know, in that low end running back one mix rather than the you know RB, you know, high end a week RB one that, that, that he, I see him treated at um, pretty much week in week out.
0: Yeah, Ray This is the uh the second time you've taken the guy in terms of fading that I'm I'm also looking to fade. I'm right there with you on on Chubb. I think I'm a little bit lower than you are in, in everything that you you just mentioned there. You know, the Jets have a a pretty good run defense. Uh Chubb doesn't get a lot of the pass catching work, and even if the Browns are blowing out the Jets. That could mean that Kareem Hunt comes in and maybe gets a little bit of the uh, the extra carries in the second half instead of Chubb getting those carries. So I think there are lots of avenues through which Chubb could disappoint this week. So uh, I'm not as high on Chubb as I, I probably would be otherwise. Sean, who are you low on? Uh,
2: so these, these two running backs, um, you know, I just want to be careful. Don't go into your championship just planning on playing these guys. There might be some things that happen later in the week. That might change your mind, but uh, Salvin Akhmad is the first guy, um, you know, he's coming off a huge game where he saw 23 carries for 122 yards and a touchdown. He has a great matchup this week against the Raiders, but you know, miles Gaskin is very likely to return this week. So we don't really know how this is going to sort out. Um, so we're going to have to keep tabs on that, but he's going to be on the, you know, RB three flex fringe. That might be a tricky lineup decision. We need to make later in the week um, and a similar running back is Kenyon Drake, You know, he got banged up during week 15. We need to, you know, find out more if he's hurt, if it's going to affect his week 16 status. But it led to Chase Edmonds out touching him, and Chase Edmonds dominated the fourth quarter work. Um, And this is just a problem of having, you know, a, a starting running back where the backup is maybe better than him. It's just a situation that could be pretty fluid heading into the week. And, you know, Kenyon Drake is certainly a guy that needs carries and goal line touches to preserve his value because he, he can't really make up for it anywhere else. So um, he's a guy that, you know, if you're planning on starting him as your RB two, just have backup plans and um, you know, it, he might be a guy that we end up not being able to trust come uh, you know uh, finals week. So uh,
0: start looking for backup plans just in case. All right, Sean, give us the running back player prop.
2: Uh, let's go, you know, unfortunately it looks like Clyde Edwards Hilaire is out for the remainder of the season. So, um, I want to make this prop about Le'Veon Bell who could be, you know, potentially sit start call for a lot of people. So, uh, let's go with his total rushing and receiving yards this week, um, against the Falcons. I I have it right now set at 70 and a half.
0: Okay. First of all, I'm going to reject the premise that, uh, Le'Veon Bell is a sit, or a well, start sit call. Yeah, I'm for, saying we're gonna co- we're week. going
2: to get questions about it. I'm not okay.
0: <laughs> okay. Yeah. Cause I think it would be hard if you're actually in a, a championship matchup, if you have Le'Veon Bell actually to start him, because you could see him totally flopping. Okay. Anyway, to to your point, 70 and a half was the line you set. I'm going to I, I have it at seventy three and a half, but I feel that's more of a average versus a median. So I'm going to take a slight under on this. I'll go over. Uh, I have it
1: at 77. I uh, have him about 14, uh, 14 and a half carries. It's just under four yards a carry. The Falcons do play good run defense, uh, but then getting, have him uh, 2.7 receptions. So uh, we'll go slightly over. Um, the good news is even if he doesn't quite get over his yardage prop, um, you know there's still there still is a Chiefs like Friedman mentioned, you know, they have the highest in pie total. So we saw that with Leonard Fournette where he did he kind of struggled a little bit uh, against the Falcons, but was still able to to salvage his day with a couple of touchdowns. So that's always on the on the table as well.
0: Okay, let's talk about the wide receivers the top of our rankings again, looking at uh, at half PPR. number one, Devonte Adams, number two, Tyree Kill, number three, Calvin Ridley. Uh, I will again go first uh, because that's just what I'm going to do here. I'm, I'm just my ball. I'm grabbing that rebound. Uh, <laughs> Calvin Ridley uh, at this point in the week, I had him last week ranked number one. Uh, I wish I would have kept him there, but ended up bumping Devonte Adams uh, ahead of him. But uh, once again, I have him number one and this is under the assumption that Julio Jones does not play because of the hamstring. If he plays, then obviously bump him back down. But uh, we have seen Ridley just dominate uh, whenever he has not had Julio Jones on the field. Uh, 21.9 PPR points per game in his six games without Julio Jones, 11.3 targets, 112.3 yards per game. Uh, Absolutely love Calvin Ridley this week, Uh, even though it's not a great matchup, but assuming Julio Jones is out, really do love Ridley this week. And then another guy I'm high on, Robert Woods, Uh, I actually have him number five, which is just ridiculously high. I feel like I need to go in and adjust that, but uh, I'm going to take a look at it. I I think there's something there. He has a 28% market share over his past six games, 10 targets per game. Uh, The Seahawks have gotten better in the secondary, but I still don't think they're all that good. Uh, And he has a little higher of a floor because he normally gets around one to two carries per game. So something that just gives him a little bit of an extra boost. Sean, who are you high on? First off, I love
2: the Ridley call. I, I'm I'm so bummed he missed two games this year because I think my 90 to one uh, bet to lead the league in receiving yards would have been pretty close.
0: Yeah, it would. <laughs> it really would have been.
2: Yeah, uh, that would have been fun. But yeah, it's toast. Obviously, um, I, I'm really high on Marvin Jones this week. Um, you know, I'm no longer giving Kenny Galladay a, a few targets to start the week. So all of my Lions players are much higher leading into the, today's show. Um, so Marvin Jones is popping in the models right now at 4,900 at Tampa Bay, who, you know, the Buccaneers have become a pass funnel defense just because, you know, the run defense is still um, very solid. Uh, They've allowed four different receivers to post 130 yards over the past four games. So I think this is a smash spot for Marvin Jones, who's been on fire Um, and he posted, you know, the 10 catch 112 yard, one touchdown game last week against Tennessee. Um, So I'll, I'll have a ton of Marvin Jones, Shares this week, assuming Kenny Galladay doesn't decide to all of a sudden suit up, of course. And then the other guy to, to monitor this week is um, CD Lamb, who, you know, probably begins the week on the uh, wide receiver three flex cusp. Um, but it looks like Michael Gallup is very iffy this week with his hip pointer injury. So, you know, while CD Lamb's production has dropped off quite a bit without Dak Prescott, um, you know, if Gallup happens to be ruled out here, I think we can. Uh, Trust Lamb is, you know, solid wide receiver, too. It's going to narrow down the target tree significantly. This Eagles defense secondary is completely banged up. So it's it's a great matchup on paper, potentially. So, you know, CD Lamb's a guy where if, if you've kept him, you've stuck through him all year, he could pay off this week as a wide receiver, too, if Galp ends up uh, having to sit out.
0: I do like that call on uh, on CD Lamb there. And you're absolutely right on the Eagles being really banged up last week. They were without their two starting perimeter cornerbacks and Darius Slay and Avante Maddox. And I mean, you you saw the the drop off uh, in in the quality of cornerback play last week. So certainly something to keep an eye on. Uh, Rayvon, who do you like this week?
1: Uh, the both of the really all three of the Houston wide receivers, but I think I don't think anyone's benching Brandon Cook. So uh, Kiki QT and Chad Hanson going against the Bengals. Uh, if you look at QT, since he was entered the starting lineup, he's run uh, just over 80 percent of the routes in, in all three games. But he's a high percentage uh, route runner. And so, you know, he doesn't need to get like 90 plus Necessarily to, to to make a uh, to make a dent in the box score, uh, nine catches for 141. Then he had three for 24, but a touchdown, and then seven for 53 and a touchdown. So uh, QT, I think you keep riding him. And then Chad Hanson, uh, he's actually playing over 90% uh, of the uh, of the routes, you know, for for Houston. And last week, you know, it wasn't a big uh, volume week, but two for 55 uh, and a touchdown, and the other two games uh, he caught five and seven passes. So uh, he's averaging five catches a game and he's running over 90% of the routes against a uh, really shaky Bengals defense. And then, uh, and Dreshaun Watson has impressively still been able to, you know, average well over eight yards per pass attempt. Uh, he's been the most, uh, on a per pass attempt basis, essentially the most efficient quarterback in the league this year, which is impressive because he lost to Will Fuller. He's kind of grinding it out with these guys here. Uh, and then also, uh, not that you need any, you know advice is whether to start or to him but Allen Robinson's in a smash spot the Jacksonville Jaguars allow the uh, most schedule adjusted receiving yards per game to opposing number 1 wide receivers 91.6 per game according to football outsiders so uh, Allen Robinson's in the in the running for that top wide receiver spot this week
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely on Allen Robinson. Uh, I mean, the Jags are bad anyway, and then they're also ridiculously injured. Uh, CJ Henderson is out. Sydney Jones is in and out of the lineup. DJ Hayden is out. So, I mean, like all three of their starters are out. So you have a situation where Allen Robinson is going against uh, probably Greg Mabin, who's uh, an undrafted journeyman third stringer. I mean, just uh, light it up. Revenge game. Yes. Yes. On top, on top of that. Uh, I have a, not to turn this into the, the Chad Hanson podcast, but uh, I have a a kind of question because I like, I like dynasty leaguers. I know they're slightly interested in in Chad Hanson because he's actually looked pretty good. Like he's looked like a legitimate NFL wide receiver. The question is, uh, is this just something that has to do with playing with Deshaun Watson Or do you think that what we've seen out of Hanson is maybe enough to where he actually gets a shot to be a starter in Houston next year? Or if not Houston, maybe he catches on with another team. Do either of you have any thoughts on Chad Hanson? I should just say, uh, I'm also selfishly asking this question because, uh, like I remember when Hanson entered the league and I thought he was really undervalued. Uh, coming out of college where I thought he was a, a good player, very productive, but either of you guys have thoughts on Chad, Chad Hansen and whether this is something that might be real. Uh, Probably not. He's played three games since getting he's played three
1: games like with Houston, where he's, you know, caught passes, you know, in 2017 as rookie year, he had nine catches with the Jets. He couldn't really catch on with the Jets. And now, you know, with Houston, yes, he's been productive. But when you look at Deshaun Watson, Deshaun Watson is averaging 8.8 yards per pass attempt it's 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 more to me anyway like and he has looked good but it's more of a situation where Deshaun Watson is just making those around him better and whoever's in the lineup with Deshaun Watson is catching footballs and getting yards now the the, the worry about Houston because I think this what what you see is like okay a player like this he has some draft pedigree perhaps he could catch on with another team but if he stays with Houston I'd be a little more worried because Houston has shown this kind of like they only play their starters and like Hanson didn't even get on the field, you know, or really any of the backup receivers, like Kenny Stills even barely got on the field right. uh, when, when, you know, when guys are healthy. Now, was that strictly a Bill O'Brien thing? I don't know. Cause it's kind of the same thing under Cornell. Like it, now it's just Hanson and, and these other, like Coulter, the, the rookie, he's not getting on the field. Stephen Mitchell's not getting on the field. So I, I would be a little worried just about the circumstances um, So I, I'm going to go with more Deshaun Watson here. Yeah, I yeah. mean,
0: it's it's not likely that Hanson is someone who's going to be a real contributor moving forward. But the three games, and, and granted, okay, Deshaun Watson, one of the best quarterbacks in the league. But the three games, two of them have been against Indy, and one of them has been against Chicago. Those are two like very good defenses, and he's still been able to to produce. Sean, uh, I, I just have the feeling that uh, you're negative on this.
2: Well, not negative. I, I think it's right place at the right time. And ironically, Scott Hansen had the best Chad Hansen analogy. He called him this year's Drew Bennett, which I mean, this yeah. is dating myself. But I remember coasting to the fantasy football championship that one year where Drew Bennett just went off in the fantasy football playoffs. So that's kind of what we remember him and then really did nothing the rest of his career. I can't even remember who the quarterback was at the time, but it just goes to show that it, it's more of a flash in the pan moment where, you know, he's peaking at the right time. The fantasy bowl playoffs, that's all that matters. But I think, you know, heading into next year, it's going to be a different situation, certainly in, in Houston. Um, and, you know, I, I don't think this is more of a long-term thing. But if, if you have him, write him out, especially if you're in a deeper dynasty format. You know, you're rolling him this week. I, I do like him. Last week, I, had, I smashed his over 33 and a half yards. The, the betting market for him still hasn't caught up, but I think uh, next year we're going to have to adjust him uh, way down.
0: Okay, so at a minimum, maybe take a look at his player props for uh for week 16. Uh, uh, okay. Kamar
2: Aiken remember kamar
1: Aiken that one year he just had like he just killed down the stretch like the last eight nine games like I'm looking at it now like he never did Aiken. what year was uh, what 2015, year? 2015 with the Baltimore Ravens uh the last half of the season he was catching five six, seven balls every single week through the fantasy playoffs and then just like never did anything again.
0: How dare you compare Chad Hansen to Kamar Aiken? <laughs> You're right. Kamar Aiken's, you <laughs> Kamar Aiken's probably better.
1: Kamar Aiken's probably better.
0: All right. All right. Let's talk about the guys that we are low on. Rayvon, who do you got here? DK
1: Metcalf and Tyra Lockett, but particularly Metcalf, because if you look at his DraftKings price, it is $7,800. Uh, you know, we saw him struggle to get the football early in that game Uh, a few weeks ago against the Rams. He finished with four catches for uh, two catches, excuse me, for 28 yards on four targets. And I do think they'll involve him a little more early, but as I mentioned, the Rams tend to have great game plans against the Seahawks and they have the personnel to slow these guys down with all those cornerbacks. And, you know, this is also just a dangerous, dangerous spot to like back the Seahawks or in any fashion, because now the Rams just lost probably the most embarrassing game they could have ever lost uh, while the Seahawks clenched a playoff spot. So like you just have all the motivation with the, uh, with the Rams. So uh, that combined with the, the, the you know, non let Russ cook kind of dialing it back uh, a little low on uh, the Seahawks wideout.
0: All right, out. What about you? Uh,
2: so, I mean, we still need to see what's up with this Dwayne Haskins situation. Uh, I doubt he plays after the strip club incident. Um, And, you know, Alex Smith might not be ready. So Terry McLaurin, while we can always rely on him to overcome just completely terrible quarterback play as a, you know, wide receiver one, two fringe player, uh, I think Tyler Heineke might relegate him to sit, start territory. Uh, You know, certainly McLaurin's been dealing with ankle injury uh, for the past few weeks that's really slowed him down. So I'm a bit worried about him, especially when it comes to fantasy football football final so we'll, we'll have to wait and see but uh, hopefully you know either Haskins or Smith or Abel suit up if, if you've been leaning on McLaurin uh, as one of your wide receivers um, and then the other guy is Marquise Brown um, who I have on the the wide receiver three flex fringe um, you know this is a matchup I already mentioned earlier but against the Giants where you know Colt McCoy is starting I, I don't know if Lamar Jackson is going to have to throw too much and you know when it comes to Marquise Brown he's He's a high-risk, high reward player. Uh, I love playing him in um, DFS GPPs. But when it comes to season-long head-to-head, you know, finals, it's more of a cash game play. So you you do want a receiver with a higher floor. So, you know, I'm going to be rolling with guys like, you know, Cole Beasley, who has a much higher floor than Marquise Brown, um, who I have projected in this range. So, you know, when it comes – it's a guy like Marquise Brown, you got to be careful. We we love his upside, but he does carry a pretty low floor this week. So if, if you're a bigger favorite, definitely go the safer route. If you're a if you're a you know big underdog, by all means start a guy like Marquise Brown. He certainly has the ceiling that you need, but just he, he's one of those guys on the sit start cusp that I'm gonna be a bit cautious this week.
0: Okay. A guy I am very low on, uh much lower than I, I probably should be, uh, is Adam Thielen. Uh, I think he's the clear number two receiver uh, at this point uh, with the Vikings behind rookie Justin Jefferson. He has 13 touchdowns in 13 games, which like that's amazing. Um, It really makes me think of Antonio Brown a couple of years ago where he was getting outplayed by the younger guy, but he was uh, sort of covering it up with touchdowns. They're scheming him the ball near the goal line, but touchdowns are fickle without overall volume. And in Thielen's past four games, he has just a 22% market share, 7.2 targets per game. Over the past two weeks, three and a half targets per game an 11% target share. And you compare that to Justin Jefferson, who has nine and a half targets and a 29% target share over the past two games. Uh, And maybe some of that is because, you know, Thielen returned from injury, maybe he's still a little bit banged up, whatever it is. But uh, I don't, I don't think it's a situation where Thielen is, you know, sort of like a locked in number one. If you have him, you're still starting him. He's still a, I think a wide receiver too but um, his ceilings aren't nearly as high as they used to be just because he is not getting the the target volume that he had in previous seasons. And then look at the matchup. The Saints are one of the better pass defenses in the league, so it's, it's not as if uh, he has that going for him. So overall, uh, just a little bit down on Adam Thielen this week. Sean, give us that sweet, sweet player prop.
2: So I'm going to go with T.Y. Hilton this week, who I think uh, is going to be one of those players that's sort of on the sit-start cusp of the wide receiver three uh, flex group. Um, you know, last week he, he was held in check for much of that game. We, we thought it was a pretty easy matchup against the Texans. He's a guy that, you know, people have probably left on their bench all season long. But lately he's been, you know, wide receiver two, three kind of player. Uh, faces the Steelers this week. Um, so a, can you guys trust him as a wide receiver three and B, are you taking over under 62 and a half receiving yards for T Y Hilton this week?
1: Uh, I'm taking the under, I have him at 55. Uh, I, I have him as a low end wide receiver three uh, in uh, half PPR. He's my wide receiver 34. So he's not completely out of the, you know, out of that mix. But if you look at his routes run, per drop back since coming back from injury 83 76 74 87 86 and 80 percent so he's not getting that true chad hansen like wide receiver one workload and against a team like pittsburgh that does create a little more variance you know just coming off the field for a you know a snap here or there because this pittsburgh defense you know they they obviously have lost some pieces uh especially at the linebacker position it's a little tougher for them Um, in zones and things like that but they're still one of the best pass defenses uh, in the league and you look at their their DVOA rating they're still number one um, you know in in pass defense and it's just it's just a matchup that um, you know I think if you have a guy like in a similar spot um, you know definitely look at the check the rankings because there's going to be a lot of guys I think you can start over T.Y. this week.
0: I'm going to take the over, but I don't like it. I don't, I don't feel good about it. I'll just, I'll just say that, but you know, we have seen him do well recently. uh, And I think a lot of that is the fact that now he's just healthy and how, what, what is his market share over the past month? I think it's, it's over 20, maybe around 21, 22 uh, leads the team. If he has that kind of market share, I think he has a pretty decent chance of, of hitting the over. But uh, the Steelers' pass defense is pretty good, but we have seen that entire team in general just take a step back over the past three weeks. So I, I will go over, but uh, I I hate myself doing it. Okay, let's talk about the, the tight ends. Uh, really no surprise here. Uh, we have Travis Kelsey, Darren Waller, and then Mark Andrews as the top three. Maybe you can make an argument for someone else to sneak in there, but I, I think that's a pretty strong consensus there. Sean, who do you like at the position this week?
2: Uh I, I like Dallas Goddard on DK. He's 3,600, and he's my tight end 10 uh, in my initial projections. I think he's a guy where he was certainly on the – uh Tight end one, tight end two, cusp last week. Uh, I thought he was a pretty tricky sit-start call. I think you can definitely feel safer starting him, especially seeing Jalen Hurts. Uh, well, not only Jalen Hurts playing out of his mind last week, but also Jalen Hurts targeting him pretty heavily in the end zone. There there was one ball where uh, it looked like Goddard caught it for a touchdown, but it, it just hit the ground. And then Hurts went right back to him the very next play, uh, and it just got tipped. So that's you know two potential touchdowns that – Goddard almost hauled in. So, you know, while there might not be a ton of passing hours to go around, I, I think Goddard is one of those uh, low end tight end ones that we can trust in the fantasy bowl finals. Um, and, you know, Zach Hertz did split the routes with Goddard at 64%, but I think at this point it's pretty clear that Goddard is the superior talent. Um, so that's why I think we can trust him. And again, Jalen Reger might not be able to suit up this week. So that, that would only funnel um, even more targets uh, Goddard's way.
0: Okay, with you on uh on goddard uh, especially with the idea of jalen rager being out raybon who are you high on
1: Uh, i like cole Komet for the chicago bears mr Trubisky playing a lot better at quarterback cole Komet ran a season high 77 percent of the uh a route on 77 percent of the dropbacks last week and the jacksonville jaguars 28th in dvoa against tight ends and uh allowing 58.1 schedule-adjusted yards per game. And, and Cole Komet on DraftKings, he is 3K, Jimmy Graham, 3.1K. Jimmy Graham ran, uh, you know, what did it, 38% of the routes to 77% for Komet last week. So that is just a complete uh, ball drop on the pricing.
0: Yeah, in, in DFS over the, the past two weeks, the tight end decision for me has always been, do I spend all the way up? For uh, for Kelsey, or do I just pay down for Cole Komet? And I think I will be making that decision uh, once again this week. I really do like commit there. Uh, Rayvon, for all of the reasons that you mentioned, uh, has, I mean, I think he's a very streamable option. Uh, the clear tight, it played 100% of the snaps last week has a 15% target share over the past four games and then great matchup. Uh, the Jags are number four in fantasy points allowed to tight ends. So with you there on commit, I also like Noah Fant. Uh, if you take out week 14, which he left uh, early with uh, an illness. So I think he played only uh, a few snaps there. Uh, and if you take out week 12, which was the Kendall Hinton game, and then you look only at the, uh, the past four games in which he actually played Fant has 11, seven, five and seven targets. Uh, that's pretty good volume. Uh, you know, for someone who's not priced at the very top, so he's someone that I will be uh, thinking about, and he's the guy I have rated the highest right now outside of the top tier of Kelsey Waller and Andrews. Rayvon, who are you low on? So for this week, um, I'm I'm going with Tyre Higby. Higby's
1: uh, up to 4K on DraftKings. He had a, a pretty good game against the uh, Jets with four catches for 67 and a touchdown. But uh, I think that in this matchup against Seattle, um, it's going to be tough for him. I think if you, if you just look at his his production, uh, he really, it just really hasn't been there from what we expected last season. His 67 yards were a season high. And uh, on, the, on the season, he only has five touchdowns, which, you know, given his usage, he should have more. So um, now that he's kind of in that, you know, and people are looking at him as a tight end one. Um, I think we have to pump the brakes just a little bit. Uh, he's my tight end uh, 19 right now. I still think um, there's, there's a lot of risk because the, the, the routes between him and Everett kind of flip flop from game to game. So last week he got 68 and Everett got uh, 32. But the week before they were it's, it was 56 to 52. Uh, and the week before that, it was exactly equal at, at 69%, 69%. So it's just really hard to, to predict Higby's that Higby's going to run a significantly more uh, bigger route share than Everett uh, on a week-to-week basis.
0: All right, Sean, who are you low on?
2: Uh, I'm low on Gronk this week. He's all the way down to tight end 11. I think he's, he's pretty tough to trust right now. I think he's become a little bit uh, too touchdown dependent. Um, you know, Cam Brait. Uh, saw his routes run climb seven straight games before um, posting a four catch 54 game last week. Um, I, I think also, you know, with Ronald Jones potentially out uh, Brady's a little bit more willing to dump it off to running backs when it's Leonard Fournette and LeSean McCoy out of the backfield. So uh, with all the targets to go around, I think Gronk is a bit worrisome. I think he has a lower floor than people realize heading into this matchup. So, um, you know, if, if there's better streaming, Option available with a higher floor, I'd consider them. Otherwise, he's he's mostly a, a low-end, tight end one, t-
0: touchdown-dependent kind of guy. All right, a guy I am low on, and I, you know, I don't mention him every week, but I'm on the rankings low on him every week, and that's Jared Cook. Uh, even without uh, last week wide receiver Michael Thomas and Traquan Smith, Cook wasn't a high-volume tight end. Uh, he has more than five targets in a game just twice this year. He has 181 yards in his past eight games. That's just really bad. And not all of that was with Drew Brees, but, um, with the lack of volume that he has, I don't think he has a, a true ceiling, uh, a, a difference making ceiling. And so someone I just really want to avoid, all right, Sean, give us the tight end prop. So uh, assuming George Kittle is able to
2: play this week, which I think is trending towards likely, um, Where do you guys has have his receiving yards? Because I think he could be an interesting sit start call for some people, but right right now I have his um, receptions at or his receiving yards at over
0: under fifty two and a half. And I'm a little bit of a killjoy in that I actually haven't. I'm I haven't projected it because I'm assuming he actually doesn't play, Uh, and that's based on nothing other than my laziness. And, uh, I don't want to, I don't want to make the projection until I actually have a pretty strong sense that he's going to play. So shooting from the hip, uh, I'm going to take the under, uh, and, and think that, uh, he plays, but they don't really have much to play for. And Jordan Reed has maybe done enough to where, uh, he gets a little bit more action than you would normally expect. So I will take the under there. So, yeah, and this is really tricky to
1: project, uh, as you kind of alluded to, um, so over the past four games, the, the top tight end in San Francisco has, uh, which has been Reed, I think, in, yeah, Re- Jordan Reed, has run about 60% of the route. So given that kiddo is coming back from injury right now, that is what I have him projected for, about 60%. His season average is 78%, so there's a chance he could uh, play a little more than I'm projecting. But uh, at that number, uh, he ha- I'm, I'm projecting him with 51 yards, so I'm going to go slightly under. Nice. Um, but uh, the, all that being said, he is still my tight end five, even playing, you know, a, like essentially like 70 75% of the route. So I would say uh, unless you're talking about a, a Kelsey or a Darren Waller or a Mark Andrews, uh, I, I would say still still start uh George or or uh, Tunyon, I would say still start George Kittle. Uh, yeah, if, if he's in.
2: That's what I was gonna say, you know, people that um, you know, had Kittle, maybe they picked up Tunyon. That was about the time that Kittle got hurt. Tunyon might have been available, so they might have that call. I even have a guy like Logan Thomas near my top five this week. He's another guy where I can see people asking, you know, hey, do you start George Kittle or Logan Thomas this week? Just guys that people maybe stumbled on that were kind of waiting for Kittle to come back. But he's one of those guys where – I don't know if we can trust him um, to play enough in, in a critical matchup. That is the fantasy bowl final. So he's a guy that I just want to get your guys opinion going in. Like uh, he's, he's obviously uh, start him if you have him, but um, some of these guys that people picked up might have a higher floor. Yeah. I mean, it's, I think it's really, we have to pay attention to like,
1: if he plays at all, because you know, San Francisco, are they officially eliminated or uh, are I they?
2: So, but I think Kittle's one of those guys where he's going to, push to play this week like yeah like I think if they let him play like they I don't think I think they would just scratch him
1: if they thought there was any risk like I think if they let him play I think I think it's fair to expect like a 50 to 60 percent because I'm like I'm basing that projection on Jordan Reed who's kind of in the same boat right like it's like he's a guy who extra, a lot of injury risk you know is he fully healthy He got hurt like two or three times this year and they've kind of been capping his routes around 60 percent so I, I, I could see them kind of doing the same thing for Kittle but um i think it comes down to like if he's active at all uh, yeah we have to trust him. but like logan thomas is an interesting one because i i do have logan thomas uh, at te8 right now but if haskins or smith plays uh he bumps up so but if not he bumps down so logan thomas is one to check our check our rankings at actionnetwork.com um later in the week
2: right it's it's obviously way too early it's tuesday morning we'll know way more later in the week but this is one of those things to get ahead of and not be you know Sunday morning like oh shit what do I do here it's it's something that you need to think about uh heading into your matchup
0: um Sean do you have right now CJ Beathard projected as the quarterback
2: no I, I right now I have Nick Mullins because honestly it doesn't matter uh, yeah I don't well you
0: say that but as we all know, C.J. Beathard and George Kittle played college ball right. together oh. at Iowa. So they have the, uh, the shower narrative going for them. So that might, you know, that might sure. boost your uh, yardage projection up like five yards.
2: Right. When it comes to Kittle, let me rephrase that. When it comes to Kittle, certainly that matters. But right now, we don't even know if Kittle's playing. So that's just way too many variables to try to um, perfect Tuesday morning.
0: All right. Good stuff. Everyone, best of luck in your week 16 championship matchups that does it for this show you can follow sean chris and me in the action network app at the underscore odds maker chris raybon and matt f the oracle use the app to get real-time odds and track your bets for free and be sure to check out our rankings and sean's tiers at the action network and raybon's dfs breakdown and my positional breakdowns at fantasy labs please subscribe to and rate and review the show and listen and download on spotify see you again next episode